Hi, and welcome to this episode of Zen Coinology. We are continuing with reading from gorebagsworld.com, and this is It's Just a Penny from August of 2020. We've made it through, first, the stages of coin enlightenment, and then secondly, we made it through separating out a batch of coins into lower-grade group of G4 to G8 coins, and a higher group of coins which you've put into tubes, which have been sorted according to decade and mint mark. Gorby is going to separate the G4 coins, the grade 4 coins, into starter packs. And he's going to tell us how that he will market these starter packs. From there, we'll go into grading the better coins, which we've sorted out already. Now we'll do a step-by-step rundown on how to handle the coins from search to sale. Arrange the G4 coins, the ones that don't have any sign of quality or grade on them. Those should be stored in easily open and closed square tubes, placed carefully in a divided coin storage box, always stored by date and mint mark in this order, left to right, PDS, meaning Philadelphia Mint, which is no mint mark whatever, then the coins mint mark with a D, which stands for Denver Mint, and then coins mint mark with an S below the date, which means they were made at the San Francisco Mint. Remove the tubes one at a time and pour out a small number of coins in a small pile, about 20 coins, in a semicircle around the pad, leaving room to work in the center of the pad. Pick up one coin from each pile, place it in the center, building a neat stack for each pile of anywhere from 6 to 10 coins, depending on the decade. Package the small stack into a 2 by 2 square clear bag. Place that into your card sleeve in front of your vertically printed business card or backing card. Label your packages immediately. Don't trust memory to remember what they are and what they're supposed to say. Place or store your labeled product, which should be a starter pack for teens, 20s, 30s, 40s, and 50s. Here's a quick rundown on which dates to include with which packets. The teen starter pack will get a 19, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19. The 20 starter pack will get a 20, 21, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, and 29. The 1922s always expensive and must be acquired separately and individually. 30 starter pack gets a 30, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39. The 31, 32, and 33 are premium coins. They tend to be expensive and will have to be acquired separately. The 40s pack gets the 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 46, 47, 48, and 49. And the 50s starter pack gets each year also. I suppose you're wondering what to do with that face-down stack of quality coins, the ones that have any sign of life in them, meaning even one or two little lines on only one wheat ear. And I'll bet you the dollars to donuts you'll soon work out where the wheats wear down first and where they end up last. Don't forget the source of these coins. 
These were all popped out of a page of some cheap coin album or cardboard folder after they had captured the coins they actually wanted, which would be the 1909 22D and no D, the 1914D, and of course all the estimate marks they can score, plus the 31, 32, and 33, and a couple of other coins you probably won't miss until you go looking for them. Don't bother to light a candle for the 1909 SVDB. You can't count on those kinds of miracles to sustain your business over the years. And a coin shop depends on repeat customers, not newbies. So your job now is to separate that hopefully huge stack of gradable coins into their separate and appropriate grades. Always give yourself a spread by bracketing the value as you would estimate the winning bid range of an auction piece. Thusly, AUMS, almost uncirculated, is pretty damned impressive, looks almost mint, and mint state would be absolutely stunning and fresh, just as it came off the press. They're so rare that you will probably never use the bracketed grade AUMS, but there it is if you need it. EFAU. That's extra fine to almost uncirculated. Gives you a lot of room to make mistakes, but the coin should look pretty terrific in this grade range. VF to EF. Ah, uh, that's more like what you're likely to find in these folder dump bags. Most of the remains of collections you're seeing these days were assembled by folks back in the 40s and 50s, maybe into the 60s a few years, but bagged and sealed sometime before 1970, about half a century ago. This means that most of the coins will not be high-grade because nobody put high-grade coins in a folder. Most of the coins will be brown because that's what everybody thought an old coin should look like, and nobody cared about grade or condition at that time. So you more or less randomly put the coin in that fit the date and mint mark, totally disregarding the look of the coin. VG to VF. Wow, what a wide range this can be. If there's a mere scritchy scratch on the wheat, anywhere on the wheat, you can, if you dare, call it a VG, very good, which means slightly better than no damn good at all. And if you're covered all the way to VF, very fine, which means that there's some lines on at least one of the ears of wheat. Good to very good, might as well give it up and throw these in the junk coin pile to be included in your starter packs, the ones that you made from the no-grade G4 coins. Well, VG is not a whole lot better in most coins, but be careful. There are some hard-to-find dates and mint marks that make it imperative that you find at least a little grade in the coin, because in certain dates, that can make a powerful monetary difference. Now it's time to price your coins. Always price your coins on the high side of the estimated range of grade, but then always give a discount right down to the lower end of the range of values. You'll get a better reaction by lowering the price than by having it low in the first place and having nowhere to go on the downside of that low price tag. Don't saddle yourself with a low price. Don't paint yourself in a corner and don't leave yourself without options. Make a price in the middle and be prepared to bargain all the way to the middle price. If you don't know how to haggle, meaning to arrive at a mutually acceptable price somewhere in the middle between bid and ask, 
You can watch episodes of Pawn Stars or American Pickers or any of the Picker and Trader shows where there are two clear parties with two very disparate price points in mind. You're not going to have fun with coins until you realize that coinology is a game, albeit a learning game, and a game of luck and karma. Building a collection is only one of the many games you can learn to play with coins. You might find it interesting to focus down on one or two special issues and pursue those to the highest grades, because high grade is another game, but requires a great deal more effort and sophistication of knowledge. Specializing in air coins can be really fun and, in my opinion, has the most opportunity for work efforts. It's very exotic and advanced area, but is well worth investigating if you find ordinary coin collecting beneath your skill levels. And if it isn't so, it should soon be, and it might just be time to start to master the higher-end stuff, starting with coinology. I want to mention here that coinology is a kind of meditation. It uses but does not rely upon coins and numismatics for its applications. Time binding is a direct result of coin handling where the coins have a time distance greater than 10 years from the subject. Ancient coins handle differently and tokens and other quasi-semi-pseudo-numismatics have a chance of being used psychometrically as well as in a time-bind connection between the present and the apparent past. Coinology is the perfect tool for perfection. We will end with that statement. Thank you for joining us.